स्टूडियो I have not met a rich guy who is traveling only in Ubers. People who have a five, ten, fifteen crore kind of a network, considering themselves rich, uh, sorry for them. At fifteen crores, if you have to live your life for next fifty years, you better travel in Uber. I think that's that's uh, nothing short of being stupid or being ignorant about the fact that the goal of life in itself can't be having a certain amount of corpus at an age of eighty. What would you do with the all the mutual fund investment that you are having? If not buy a home, buy a car, go on holiday, get married, get your kid educated. Are you going to just look at that net worth number and just die looking at it? We have an uh, example locally, uh, Mr. Rakesh Junjunwal. I were to ask to live last ten years of your life subjected. to a wheelchair with immobility at the cost of 15000 crores or 40000 crores how much of that actually matters what should be my next action from wine studio you are listening to the inspiring talk a show where i bring the conversations with today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you take your life business and career to the next level Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Kevil. Thank you so much for having me, Vijay. Um, so today in this podcast, you know, this is going to be one of the first uh, of the subsequent a lot of episodes that I'm looking at doing in the topic of personal finance. And one of the things that I have heard a lot from you is, which also you have corrected a couple of times to me, uh, you know, saying that hey, it's financial well-being and not financial independence. Mm-hmm. So I think. it's a great uh, you know point to start this conversation with what do you mean by financial wellbeing uh sure i mean uh, see this is this is one of the most important uh, reasons why we are also building uh, one finance and uh, uh, this is something this term financial wellbeing actually was coined in uh, us and uh, you know so so to uh, sum it up or give it give, give a very uh, straight answer financial wellbeing it's a state of mind uh, wherein financial independence or financial freedom it's a stage of life okay so so that is very important to understand that financial well being can be achieved right here right now wherein uh, say financial independence or financial uh, freedom or financial education uh, literacy uh, these are all things which need a certain amount of time period to actually be achieved you know so financial well being in short it's a state of mind and uh, in simple word it just means being at peace with your finance and your financial behavior mm-hmm. uh, that's 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 what it means so you mentioned financial behavior and being at peace with your financial uh, you know state uh, it's looking like more of being aware of what your finance situation right now is and of course taking and, and can you talk about the behavior part of it like when you say you know the behavior finance behavior uh sure so uh see eventually i mean you know uh, whatever we do uh, we might have aspirations whether it is about uh, achieving a particular uh, degree or uh, maybe you know any 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 personal goal like you know it can be a weight loss weight gain it can be a certain amount of uh, uh, you know professional success that we are looking at uh, all of this we know that these are all results and there is a larger Uh, or a better way to govern your life is to look at the inputs and not at the result or be obsessed by the result in itself and that is exactly what is true for financial uh, goals you know 
यू माइट बी हेलबैंड और यू माइट बी ऑब्सेस्ड विद द गोल प्लानिंग बट इवेंचुअली वॉट इज इन योर हैंड इज योर फाइनेंशियल बिहेवियर एंड नॉट जस्ट द आउटकम यू नो सो वॉट यू कैन एक्चुअली मैनेज इज योर ओन बिहेवियर जस्ट लाइक इफ यू हैव अ गोल ऑफ लूजिंग अ सर्टन अमाउंट ऑफ वेट इन अ सर्टन अमाउंट ऑफ टाइम वॉट यू इवेंचुअली डू इज यू मार्क दैट गो टू जिम वर्कआउट फोर डेज अ वीक मिनिमम हैव नॉट मोर देन थाउजेंड और ट्वेल्व हंड्रेड कैलरीज अ डे एंड यू विल एंड अप अचीविंग योर गोल राइट एंड दैट इज वॉट वी टॉक अबाउट फाइनेंशियल बिहेवियर एंड सो वी जस्ट एनकरेज पीपल टू लुक एट द राइट फाइनेंशियल बिहेवियर एंड of course you know as we progress in the show i'll i'll share if uh, yeah. time permits about what we have done to actually talk about financial behavior or how we can monitor financial behavior yeah absolutely so one of the recent awareness that i have generally in my life is a lot of times we get caught up with the output metrics right whatever that is right whether that's a professional goal that i want to accomplish xyz or if somebody creates content i want to hit certain number and so on and so forth right or uh, if somebody is running a company this is the this is the milestone that i want to hit you know that i want to hit with my organization and these are the output metrics right. and same with the finance as well we are so obsessed with the output metric that i want to have a corpus of 10 crore 15 crores by xyz is but what we often overlook generally in life and then you know now we are having conversation is the focus on input metric right. if i want that then what's the input metric that i need to Absolutely. focus on Absolutely. right so if i want to hit xyz milestone that's the output metric and my understanding is which like i said like in this awareness my understanding is that output metric will take care of itself if i fix my input metric absolutely absolutely i mean that and that holds true for every walk of life mm. i mean it's not just limited to finance uh, it, that's true for everything i mean and that that's what that's what it means when uh, you know uh, in geeta when it was said that uh, you know karm kar phal ki ichha mat kar it doesn't really mean that you are not going to have an uh, output or result mm. uh, because every action will have some or the other output output so there is no way that you have done any amount of karm or any amount of you know input then there is not going to be an output output is by default it doesn't mean that do not expect output it just means that don't be obsessed by output don't focus on output because that's a by product of what you are putting in as an input okay so focus on input and output will take care of itself that's that's true and uh, when you t- spoke about you know certain milestones 25 crores 50 crores 100 crores uh for the lack of better words i think that's that's uh, nothing short of uh, uh, being stupid or being ignorant about the fact that the goal of life in itself can't be uh having a certain amount of corpus at an age of 80 where uh, that has come at the cost of everything that has come at the cost of relationships that has come at the cost of you know Uh, experiences in life that has come at the cost of health uh, and lot of other things i mean is that the cost that you really want to pay to have a certain amount of corpus at an age where you will not even be able to use that mm. corpus what would you do uh, of of a 100 crore corpus at an age of 80 if that has come at the cost of you know your heart your uh, relationships your personal life all of it so so it's a no brainer uh, and that is where financial well being is most important and i mean uh, see uh, uh, for a country like india we are blessed to have so much of precedence globally uh, i can talk about something like uh, luxembourg right you know the highest per capita income one of the richest countries in the world uh, 
uh, and uh, divorce rate is more than 90%. Uh, you talk about uh, a country like America, right? You know, purchasing power parity, amazing, great lifestyle, financial awareness, literacy, 16 crore uh, people uh, in the working age, almost uh, 80% of them aware about financial products and literacy. And uh, the, uh, you know, the, the depression rate is 120%. Uh, so, so, so these are these are things which are pretty clear, right? I mean, you know, they are the highest consumer of antidepressant in the world, in spite of being, uh, you know, they're they're about uh, so many other things. If money could alone improve the quality of life, then why wouldn't you know the most richest countries in the world be depressed, right? Because money is a mean to an end; it's not an end to itself, and that is something which. Jeet and I, we both keep on talking about, even in our personal lives, right? I mean, when we are building a company, uh, is it about building a company that's so toxic in environment that eventually, you know, all of us lose our lives and build a company? Uh, what's the point of that company, right? What, what are we trying to achieve? I mean, if that comes at the cost of all of it, whether it is about our book integrity, all we have said that, I mean, financial success, if it is coming at the cost of your values, uh, is it even worth it? You know, so anything and everything that we do in our, uh, you know, organization or our personal lives, we are extremely conscious about uh, what are we sacrificing to achieve what. I mean, uh, that's that's pretty clear. Yeah, and I think it's a, you know, very interesting that we're having this conversation at the time when a lot of people are aware of, you know, and and the whole goal of financial independence, I, I want to, like I said, right, build a certain corpus at the age and so on and so forth. And I think uh, a lot of it has also come from uh, a lot of people who have done in the waste and then also in the country as well. And now we are having the conversation of, hey, you know what, hang in there. While you are changing that independence, at the same time, know the state that you are in right now. Right. You know, in the pursuit of changing that number that you have or that goal that you have, you know, are you... How, how is your overall life quality, you know, till the time you reach that point, right? And what I could hear, and you can add to this, what I could hear from what you're saying is, while you are changing that number, it can coexist, right? So let me, you know, first, like, your pursuit of financial independence and financial well-being, they can coexist, right? Absolutely. I mean, your financial independence will be worth only if you pursue it in a well-being state of mind. Hmm. Because... Right, I said, I mean, the goal of financial planning or understanding finances is not to be rich at an age of 80 mm. and not be able to do anything about it. It is to be happy till the age of 80. Yeah. It is not to be rich at 80. You know, so there is a difference, right? I mean, if you have achieved all of it at 80 and lived miserably for 80 years of your amazing, beautiful life, what's the point of being rich at 80 at the cost of losing these 80 years? So financial well-being talks about being happy with your finances or peaceful with your finances till 80 and beyond, I mean, if required, you know. And that is very important. I mean, uh, we, we speak a lot about, you know, great investors in um, India abroad and, you know, you talk about uh, the likes of Warren Buffet or, you know, uh, Charlie Munger, he just uh, passed away last week. Uh, I mean, at 99, right? I mean, I, I think... I think 100 almost. Yeah, yeah, almost, almost 100. And uh, he was, he was, he conducted the last year's uh, Berkshire Hathaway meeting mm. as well, right? And uh, then we have an uh, example locally, uh, Mr. Rakesh Junjunwala. I mean, of course, hats off to his investment style, his amazing, you know, 
his audacity, his uh, buoyancy, all of it. I mean, you know, a great admirer of his work and all of it. But if at a personal level, I were to ask uh, that, you know, uh, to live last 10 years of your life subjected to a wheelchair with immobility uh, at the cost of maybe, you know, 15,000 crores or 40,000 crores, how much of that actually matters? I mean, you know, uh, and and if that is to be achieved, um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, is that what you really need to sacrifice to have such amount of money that that you are not probably going to be able to use it, or also you are lo- you acquiring that money at the cost of your life? So if you look at a lot of Western investors, they have already realized that they do not do wealth accumulation at the cost of their lives in general. And that doesn't mean not working hard. That doesn't mean being careless about things. That just means being conscious and aware about it. Also finding that balance. Uh, balance, I generally avoid using the word balance. Yeah, balance because is it, not the 50-50. It's yeah, not 50-50. Yeah, balance yeah. is generally used uh, to, you know, it's a, it's a second name to mediocrity. I feel, I mean, that that's a, again a very personal uh, belief. I think uh, anybody who's trying to sell you balance is trying to keep you mediocre. Mm. I I feel that, you know, there's enough sequential things that you can do as well by just being aware. I mean, you know, if you can be 100% into something for a given period of time and enjoy that, if you really believe in the purpose of that work that you're doing, it can be fun and then you can move on from it. I mean, that, that that's how uh, in general we have seen people living life and we try to live our lives like that. So when you look at somebody and... You know, if you were to look at few key indicators to say that, you know, what are some of the few key indicators that will tell you that the financial well-being of the person, what would be like top three? There's only one, honestly, I mean, and that we have written in, even in our playbook. So when you talk about one finance, you know, we categorically, we have written, we are not into financial education. We are not into, uh, you know, financial independence. We are not into wealth creation. Then what is the business that one finance is into? It is in the business of peace of mind. So for us, the indicator is very clear. Someone who is at peace with his financial decisions Mm. will always outperform the most knowledgeable guy who is laid on with anxiety. Because you see, patience is an outcome of your peace, right? If you are at peace with your decisions, you will be patient about it. But if you are constantly anxious about your decisions, you cannot stick to any decision for long term. I mean... We all understand that financial uh, uh, returns are just an outcome of your patience, long term. We all talk about it long term, long term, right? Then why is it that 97% of the mutual fund investors in India do not see beyond uh, fourth or fifth year? Why is it that so? I mean, Sebi just released this data three, four months back. And uh, it was it was uh, pretty uh, you know obvious that people could not stick to their decisions because they have taken those decisions through some external motivation or manipulation, right? And uh, that, is, that, is, that is always going to be the case. Yeah. So I'm going to switch a little bit of gears and, you know, so financial well-being and the other term that I want to talk about is financial planning. And oftentimes right. when anybody says that, hey, you got to do financial planning, it's like, oh, you know what, I'm earning now. When somebody tells me that, you know, you got to do financial planning, maybe this person is referring to, I need to start investing now. Right. So what is financial planning in the first place? And, uh, you know, uh, and then maybe we can go deeper into that. Sure. Uh, Or maybe I can start telling you what financial planning is not. Not. 
Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's more important, I feel, to know what not to do than just to know what to do. Uh, financial planning is not investment planning alone. Okay, mm-hmm. that's like saying that being healthy is all about working out. There are so many other things, right? You can be working out six hours a day. Can you be healthy? No, you would probably die if you are overworking out, right? Uh, if you are uh, uh, eating wrong, you will still have a miserable health. We are, if you are not sleeping well, right? Or, or of or everything else, if you are just being in, having very high toxic intakes, or if you are having extremely terrible hormonal, uh, you know, imbalances. All of this can be a very bad health indicator or a, a, you know, out, uh, will lead to a very bad health uh, compared to just working out. So that is what is happening today. Unfortunately, financial planning has been limited in India to investment plannings. And that's like saying, Konsa exercise karna hai. So when people come and ask us, Konsa mutual fund lena chahiye, konsa that's, that's the last question, you know. Honestly speaking, I mean, all the, all the mutual funds that are running... Uh, they all have different style. They'll all be a winner in some phase of market. Because these are all intelligent people running the show, right? I mean, I mean, you, you can't be a CIO, you can't be a, a fund manager if you are really that dumb that you don't know what to invest into. They are all smart, great people. So it's not going to be that any of the fund manager is going to be like horrible for his life. All of them have been great at a certain uh, cycle of, um, you know, market. Uh, And also, when you talk about mutual fund, it's not going to be limited to active fund management or equity investing alone. Even in 40 lakh crores, more than 50% or, you know, like it's almost 50-50%, but generally it's Mm, 55-45% is into debt, right? So the richest people in the world, if you look at debt, they have been investing into debt as well, right? So what is this obsession about telling that, oh my God, you know, if you invest into debt funds, you're never going to be wealthy. That's wrong. You have certain goals, you have certain requirements. If you want to be at peace with your finances, you need to be completely aware of where you are, what you want to do, how much you can do, and only then take calls. So that's why, you know, we do uh, financial psychological assessment, we do uh, uh, generation profiling, and then, you know, there's a financial plan that can be taken. It can't be like, that's like, that's like saying that these are, these are the same exercises that everybody should be doing. That, that information is available on YouTube, right? Then why is it that gym memberships are 25,000 a year, but a coach, a, a, a health personal coach, coach, a personal coach is 25,000 a month. Exercise, I mean, who in today's world doesn't have information of what workout is best to get, your, get rid of your abs or, uh, you know, uh, build some muscles? Everybody knows that. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that you say this because I've had this conversation on this podcast on a completely different topic of, for instance, uh, you know, we're talking about functional nutrition right. and where a functional nutrition a nutritionist, you know, came in, shared that, hey, you know what? Um, a lot of people say that, you know, hey, this is good. This is great. Right. Healthy food. Right. You know, what is healthy food for you and your body might be completely toxic for me. Because, Absolutely. you know, I have a different body composition and I have a different, you know, metabolism and whatnot, right? The entire gut microbiome composition is completely different. Right, right. And that's why it's very personalized in that Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. And what I hear you say is in the, uh, you know, personal finance space as well, whatever we have heard so far is this is the best 
um, you know, this is the best mutual fund or this is the best stock that you should go and buy this company. But for whom? Nobody asked. Right. For right. whom is this, right. you know, right. the right. best, right? Absolutely. Maybe that's for the person who is sharing it. It's the best for that person. But never is that for me? And I think because we never question that for whom. Um, so you also mentioned about the psychological test. How important is it for one to, okay, hang in there. Let me understand my personality type, who I am, before I really jump into, in, you know, jump into buying into the advice of what people are telling me. Uh, but I think, I think, this, sorry, this was a question that uh, we always, you know, kind of uh, found very funny when, when I was starting my career and whenever, you know, we used to see that. We would walk into any customer and the first thing that you ask is, sir, what is your risk appetite? That's like asking a patient who has walked in into the you know, hospital, telling him, what is I mean, I have come to a multi-specialist or a you know, super-specialist kind of a doctor so that they can tell me. Is that the first question? Like That's the first question, right? Yeah. That's the first question. Risk assessment is the first question that you are technically also now supposed to do. Mm. But honestly speaking, do you really know your risk appetite because risk appetite is not just financial risk appetite is more emotional yeah and psychological yeah that's that's exactly what that's what we are we are a emotional being yeah we are not a logical being true you have to embrace that you have to understand that every decision of our life right i mean how often we we over mm, talk about being logical uh, and i don't even think that we are supposed to be logical in that sense we are we try to give idealistic responses to everything mm. that okay you know when when i ask you that uh, uh, bijay how much investment do you want to do you might say okay you know i want to invest probably a million rupee and i will tell you that uh, for how long do you want to invest this money you'll be like i don't know maybe 5 7 years i don't have a problem what happens if tomorrow something goes wrong with your work and do you think that you are not going to need that money? Yeah. What will be your first reaction? Whether you will sell your flat first mm. or your equity mutual fund first. That's a decision which is very emotional. And also probably you may not even need that money. But if you see something drop by 70%, 60%, 50%, best of the people will have a reaction to it. Twins, there have been research that have been conducted. Twin brothers entered the same kind of stock at the same moment. 50% mm. down, one brother would buy double of it. The other brother would sell all of it. Mm. Who is right, who is wrong? There's, there's nothing, right? The other person is like, boss, this is giving me so much of palpitation. It's, it's ruining my peace. Yeah. Seeing your finances down by 50% has got nothing to do or probably very less to do with your financial appetite. Yeah. It has got a very high chances of Understanding that, you know, this is something which is not aligning to your emotional side. And that is something which we discovered in our families as well. Whether it was Jeet, whether it was me. You know, my father, on the other hand, I mean, you know, his financial appetite could be much lesser than what I possess because of the lineage. Uh, but his emotional appetite happens to be so high mm. that he would any day be able to take a 50, 70, 80% kind of a loss very happily and forget about it the next day. We would never come to know about any profits and loss by the behavior, right? Me, on the other hand, I mean, you know, look at my face with 30% downside in my portfolio. I mean, I feel so depressed. Mm. I feel like, oh, you know, like, like why, why is that happening? And, you know, what is, what is it that I did wrong? I'll go into 
uh, RCAs and root cause analysis and you know kind of try to figure out where I went wrong and ruin my entire peace of life, not just mine, mm. but also a lot of people along with me mm. will get impacted because I was not able to handle my emotions mm. with my finances pretty well. And that is something which we realized. So of course we did a lot of work on that and then God has been really kind. We got in touch with amazing scientists. We built a framework. Uh, it's, it's the largest uh, and the oldest uh, psychology framework called OCEAN. O-C-E-A-N and uh, or famously called as Big Five of Personalities. So we are all made with that same kind of a composition but the uh, variation is in terms of the uh, quantity of each of these traits. And uh, the combination is different. The combination, the combination is, combination is, the combination is different combination for each of the different people. And uh, then uh, a great thank to Mr. Charles Darwin's theory of evolution where he could also help us understand that how we are still related to so much of genetics mm. uh, with our ancestral uh, you know, uh, uh, species like uh, whales and uh, uh, not just apes. You know, We think that we are closest related to apes, but uh, surprisingly anybody who would go there and check the science would really understand that we still mimic a lot of behavior genetically from our you know, ancestors in uh, um, whether it, it's from the mammals, whether it is from the uh, dinosaur family, which is now birds. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the last uh, part of their family is the birds that we see today. And uh, these are the things which, you know, like, like really make us who we are. And we were grateful to have all these scientists on our side and create money sign. Uh, we feel very happy and glad that it's an Indian company in the world right now. Uh, to have a psychology patent in finance and uh, we are the only ones there and more proud because it's an Indian company uh, that has done done so much of research. Yeah, and 100% and I think it's been uh, almost a year, maybe a little here and there since I was introduced uh, you to and you know the kind of work that uh, you guys are doing and when I looked at that, uh, you know, money sign, I was like, hang in there like the only question that anybody in the investment, you know, thing asked ever is like, what is your risk appetite? You know, like you said, like how much risk do you think you can take, right? And if you go on, go in the stock market, you know, it's a plain, simple thing, right? Hey, if you like are capable of taking high risk, go for the mid caps or the, you know, small caps. If you think that you can't take that kind of risk, but you are happy with, you know, slow growth then go with the large caps. It's as simple as that, right? And that's like, oh, okay, that's pretty simple. Okay, I have more money. I think I can afford to take a little bit of a hit. Then let me go with, you know, a bit of more risk. And now, uh, you know, things are a little not as good. Then maybe, you know, I'll not take that kind of risk, right? And and then when I looked at the assessment, money sign assessment, and then now I could connect all the dots in terms of why I was behaving in cert certain way because that is something, you know, so linked with, how I think and what how my psychology is, right? So I want you to share what the money sign is. And I think for everybody who's getting started in their financial journey, it's very important for them to do their own assessment in terms of where they stand, right? So share with us what is money sign assessment and how this assessment helps, uh, you know, people like me to understand, um, you know, themselves better so that they can sort of go to understanding that, oh, okay, this is why I'm behaving. And also, this is how probably I should look at things right. going forward. Right.
So, see, I mean, the, the assessment is uh, pretty simple. It's there, it's there on our uh, mobile app. And uh, it takes 8 to 10 minutes to take that assessment. It's been designed by a group of scientists and a lot of others. And what is that assessment? It's a series of questions? It's a series of questions. It's a series of direct and indirect questions that helps you gauge, understand yourself better. And it can be taken only once. And like I said, it follows the most uh, accepted framework of psychology. You know, any, any, any uh, assessment that you would want to take most of the assessment would be uh, based on big five. Mm. And uh, what we have done is we have included the entire financial aspect of it and then again topped it up with the theory of evolution uh, to look at our genetic match and create these money signs. Yeah. So this is personality test for your financial behavior. Uh, yeah, this is, this, is, this is personality test for your overall risk appetite and then we have translated that into your financial behavior because uh, to be very fair, this would hold true in every kind of your uh, decision making. Mm. Uh, but in financial services, I mean financial decision, it, we have just kind of, you know, hyper-personalized it for financial decisions and we have restricted or limited ourselves only to that because we are not an expert on anything else but a little bit kind of a, a better. I would not call myself expert or anybody that, but you know, like, like we are a tad bit probably better yeah. than others when it comes to understanding financial behaviors. And again, due to a lot of other external reasons. Uh, so this assessment can be taken by people, but it can be taken only once. Because once you are aware about, you know, anything, you might end up manipulating yourself into questionnaire. So uh, it needs to be taken uh, in isolation or with full concentration. And uh, you can know your money sign. I mean, more than I think uh, 80,000 people today have already taken their money sign and over 90% of them agree to the assessment result, which is by far uh, the best. So what are some of the money signs and what are some of the characters, if you can highlight so that... In yeah, so money signs are distributed into three different, you know, there's air uh, money signs and there is uh, water and then there is land. Uh, so, you know, these are, these are again species, we share a lot of our genetic uh, DNA uh, composition with, with some, as high as 97% uh, of our DNA matches to a lot of these species. Mm. And uh, based on that, we have created uh, enlightened whale, there is a virtuous elephant, a tactical tiger. Uh, and just to let you know, you know, what happens is, uh, we are so uh, trained to be a tiger in, in general that we forget the significance of being a turtle. You know, turtle live the longest, right? They achieve things in the most certain way, right? And uh, tigers or sharks on the other hand, they are extremely greedy or probably, you know, they are driven by so much of uh, knowledge and so much of uh, skill set that they have the highest probability of going uh, bankrupts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we launched it, our real challenge was most people were like, oh, I am turtle today, so can I become a tiger tomorrow? Mm. That's not the objective. Mm. Like, like, your, like your, say, your astrology. I mean, I'm not going into fortune telling because for astrology is pretty scientific in that sense. So, you know, there is a particular amount of composition that's there. Mm. Okay. You don't have to change anything in that, right? And you can't. Right? Even if you want to, you can't. What you need to do is be aware of yourself. Mm. And whenever you feel that you might go overboard here, mm. because of your composition or emotional composition, just watch out for those just things. Just watch out for those things that, okay, you know, I have a trait of being 
over greedy and over diversifying myself so when we did the you know the the people who are tactical tigers our report tells them that you will be doing over diversification and you will be surprised that on an average a tactical tiger that we have has more than 15 mutual fund schemes more than 15 some of them have 40 wow 40 schemes mm. and honestly i mean in a, in a country like india uh, more than 67% of the money that is invested into equities mm. is invested into top 50 stocks. Mm. So there are not more than 50-70 stocks to invest mm. into, you know, in India. Mm. Investable stocks that I say. And you have got 40 mutual fund schemes with almost 20-25 stocks in each schemes. Do you think that's diversification? No, that's, that's probably ruining your entire, you know, portfolio by having over diversification. And that is because of the overburden of knowledge and skill set that a particular person possesses. Mm. So what you're saying is these eight different traits that you have, uh, right. sort of personality, yeah, right. personality traits that you put together into money sign, they are not necessarily a certificate of saying that you are good and you are bad, but it's more of awareness that you know this is what your traits are. Watch out, you know, play with your strength. These are your qualities. Like just keep, on, keep doing that. Absolutely. And these are the things that you got to watch out, which you might be a blind spot for you, which Absolute. you haven't thought about. Absolutely. Right? The biggest flaw that in entire advisory system that we always see is trying to tell everybody that, boss, this is a horrible thing to do. Uh, owning a house is a horrible thing to do. Going on a holiday is a horrible thing to do. Buying a car is a horrible thing to do. We just try to put our beliefs and our nature on everybody else. And these are the most unhappy relationships, right? I mean, you cannot advise someone who gets that pleasure out of a certain thing. Yeah. You can't tell them because at the end, like I said, right? Money is a mean to an end, mm -hmm. right? It's not an end. Mm -hmm. What would you do with the, all the mutual fund investment that you are having? If not, buy a home, buy a car, go on a holiday, get married, get your kid educated, educate yourself. If not, then what? Mm -hmm. Are you going to just look at that net worth number and just die looking at it? No, that's not the mm -hmm. purpose, right? So you need, it's, it's an, you, you save for, a, for an end goal, right? Yeah. Saving itself is not an end goal. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand what is that end goal that you really want to work towards. And that end goal can't be just another achievement in terms of because everybody else wants it. I mean, so that's why we don't have those standard five goal plans. That, okay, you want to buy this, that. No, that's not. The goal is that, okay, you know, by this point, I want to experience this. And for that, I want this much of money. Mm. And I want to, you know, kind of be more peaceful in my own home. Or I want to be, I'll be more peaceful if I don't have any restrictions of staying in a particular city. Mm. And not own a home and keep on switching my home every six months. That's my personality, a wanderer personality, right? Mm. Why would I want to be then owning a home? Yeah. Damn, Kevil, you are making me feel bad for the people who follow, uh, you know, few influencers, creators. Of course, not discounting the fact that, you know, there's a lot of awareness and education that's going there. But also, I'm feeling bad, you know, to a certain extent for myself because I have hold on to or suppressed some of my dreams that I really wanted to do because the logical explanation, you know, that came out was that, hey, you know what, don't do this because this is not a logical financial decision. But it... Chuck it, I want to do it because I can afford it. Absolutely. And I think that is an important thing that, you know, as long as you can afford it and your finance is on your side. See, I'll tell you, I have not met a rich guy who doesn't own a property or a home. Mm. 
I have not met a rich guy who is traveling only in Ubers. Mm. And when I talk about rich, I'm talking about real rich people, yeah. right? I mean, you know, over 100, 200 crores kind of a network. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, people who have a 5, 10, 15 crore kind of a network considering themselves rich, uh, sorry for them. You know, that's not rich, okay? That's just doing good for yourself, okay? Mm. So, first of all, that don't count that as a benchmark. At 15 crores, if you have to live your life for next 50 years, you better travel in Uber. If you have stopped working also, I mean, you better travel in Uber and not stay in a city like Mumbai and not own, own a home here because, you know, you will exhaust all the money in next 25 years. Mm. Uh, so, so that's, that's not how it works. But uh, if you're genuinely, genuinely rich, I have not yet come across someone who has not experienced a luxury car or not experienced a luxury travel or a uh, binonic. Because eventually our life is a mix of all the experiences. That's correct. Money is a mean... Just like health, just like health, to experience all these things, you know, you need good health, mental, physical, emotional, and you need resources mm. to experience life through all the five sensory things that we have. And it's, it's pretty simple that way. But the amount of complications that we have put into and the easiest way to fool people is to tell them that this is, you know, that's a decision which illiterate people take. Mm. An educated person or a logical, smart person will not take that decision. And you will see more and more people jumping on that decision because now that is what smart people do. Mm. But you need to be doing what happy people are doing, what peaceful people are doing, not what smart people are doing. Because smart people often or most often do not turn up to be happy and peaceful. What you really want to be is happy or peaceful and not just smart. I think that's a really, really powerful uh, inner point right there. And I think it's time that this message of that, hey, you know what? You do you. You know, let someone else do them. Yeah. But please, you do you. Right. And you do it logically with your own interest in Absolutely. mind. Because no one else is going to have your interest on their mind. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, so now I have an interesting question. Now that I'm talking about let's, you know, redoing this whole conversation around what is right and what is wrong first step like i said like we discussed know is, yourself uh, uh, know yourself right? right you know take the money sign right. do the personality assessment and then figure out oh these are my strength these are the things that i got to watch out for because this is um, maybe not the right word but the curse that my personality in certain way not the right word maybe it would be I would I would say like that's a boon yeah that's because a, mm. there's no person on this planet that I've come across has got no talent uh. or has got no boon right everybody is blessed yeah you just need to identify that what are you blessed with yeah and that's the same case with all these money signs they're all blessed with some or the other excellent qualities, uh, qualities. Mm. and uh, there are enough financial products to take care of each of them yeah. so they don't have to fit in into other person's mm. quality Right, if somebody likes diversification and likes that amount of thrill, they should be given that and not be pushed into something which, uh, you know, which is very slow and consistent. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So now, if you were to, let's talk about Cable. And let's say Cable is somebody who's just out of college, with all the knowledge that you have now, mm. just out of college, have just started earning. And like the typical Indian earning, whatever the amount is, right? Uh, you know, 25, 30, 50, yeah, 40K yeah. a month. Yeah. If it was you, where would you begin? How would you, you know, do that 
do your whole financial planning? Uh, excellent. Give uh, me like a step by step. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would go back honestly, do all of it that I have done. Mm. Uh, I would not change even a single financial decision or any decision for that matter, but financial decision more so that I've taken in my life. Mm. Whether it was uh, investing more money in myself in my early 20s mm. uh, for education or for, you know, things that I wanted to try and do and all of it, uh, to starting investment at the right stage and getting done with the things like buying a house pretty early in my life. Uh, uh, I, I think I think all of this is very important because again, like I said, you know, you also one is your psychological you know, this thing, and the second one in know yourself mm. is something called as generation profile. Mm. So what happens is, uh, in general, there are it takes three generations to become extremely rich mm. on an average. So if you look at all the billionaires, you know, you're, you're, you're most of them. You will feel, I'm, and I'm talking about like a like a very high percentage of uh, people. Uh, uh, so the third generation is technically most uh, blessed in terms of their risk appetite and also emotionally risk appetite or financial risk appetite. The first generation, even if they have the emotional risk appetite, they should not. Mm-hmm. So assume somebody like a you know a, a, a rickshaw guy or a small business owner or somebody who is actually earning pretty, you know, limited amount of sources. Mm. For them, you cannot be pushing them blatantly into equity investing. Mm. I mean, all said and done that equity is outperforming, but equity can have a lull period of 5, 7, 8 years. And it can also go down by 40, 50, 60%, right? These are the people who have hard goals. If you are a small business owner and you have saved money for last three years to send your kid to study, mm. that's a year when something happens like COVID where there is no packages also, assuming. COVID in the stock market side has become the biggest blessing though. Mm. But I think it will be averaged out pretty soon. Uh, but uh, say something something unforeseen happened, which has happened every decade, right? It's not a once-in-a-century kind of a phenomena. It's once-a-decade kind of a phenomena. And uh, that will draw, give a drawdown of 40-50% to your investments. Are you going to tell your kid that, you know what, my equity investments are down right now. Why don't you wait for a couple of years and then I'll send you to uh, get your education. No, you can't. These are hard goals. Mm. What if they need an hospitalization kind of a thing, right? They have put their emergency fund into equity investing because... Somebody was telling them that equity gives you the highest return. It is stupid to put money into fixed deposit. Yeah. Often and, and advice. No, it's not. World's biggest allocation in the world right now also is into debt market. Mm. Why do you think governments of every country are investing into debt market and not into equities? If that was the best and the only asset class. Because they have hard goals. Mm. A government that has cash flows, they have hard goals to give people money the next year. They can't be dependent on equity standalone. Yeah. And it, it is true for everybody individual, right? If I have a hard goal that I have to make payment for something in my business, do you think that corporates invest their money into equities? No, they put into liquid funds. Why? Because we might need it any year. Yeah. So returns is not the objective there. Keeping the money and ensuring that we are just beating inflation or going beyond inflation without risk is more important. Risk management is most important. Liquid funds, they have thousands of crores, right? You talk about any big company, all of them have money in liquid funds. Why don't they have it in uh, equities then? Mm. 
So it is very important to understand that every financial asset class has a reason to be. Mm. And only after understanding your generation profile. So the first generation in general are the people who are undereducated. So we have, we have created that entire thing, you know, how we give you which generation you are. Mm. They are the, you know, undereducated kind of uh, blue collared mm. and hand to mouth or, you know, barely. So for them, the goal is not wealth creation. The goal is to ensure the right food, clothing, shelter, education and respect, dignity is their goal. The only goal that they have in their life, if you would have gone and spoken to hundred of them, is that I don't have to put hand that's their only goal. You hear a lot of that. Yeah. And to them, if you are pushing them into equity, unko hath felana padega. Mm. That was not their goal. They were not chasing a 12% CAGR over a 9% CAGR. Yeah. They would have been happy with the 9% CAGR. Mm. They would be better off without that 3% extra. Mm. Because they have emergencies every three months in their life. Mm. They need to be more emergency ready mm. than doing anything else. Then comes the second generation. These are the people who are the first graduates, postgraduates of their family. These are the people who have taken the first cars in their family, the first homes, mm. the first international holidays, taking parents out. So when that second generation guy, mm. and I used to do that a lot, you know, when I used to go as a guest lecturer somewhere, and I used to ridicule in that sense on the logic front that, you know, you will get out and the first thing that you will do is buy a car on a loan. That's stupid, right? I mean, what logic does that has? Till the time I saw the first time when some guy who passed out from a college and, you know, we were there at that event and his parents were also there in that graduation ceremony and he had already secured some 14 lakh rupees job and he had got some 6 lakh rupees car. And the kind of expressions I have seen in the eyes of his father, mm. his mother, I mean, I think, I think there is no better joy that money could have bought then those tears of happiness because it was not the car that he bought. He bought that validation for every mile that his father walked, mm. saving money to send him to this MBA school. Mm. He made that walk of 5 miles, 8 miles every day for 10 rupees of bus ticket worth for his father. Mm. He made that every saving of a gas cylinder worth of his mother by making them sit in a car and having them that respect that, okay, you know, everything that you have done, you have done it for the right cause. Mm. And I have done it. You know, I'll, I'm going to give you back that joy. Mm. That was not a car. It's an, it's an emotion. And only that makes worthy of any financial decision. And of course, it took us time to understand this side of the business and, you know, financial services. But I think that that's true for house. I mean, Somebody who has always been deprived of a house, mm. uh, ask them what is the value of having your own house. It's not an Excel sheet. That pride of seeing your name on a house, you know, on a nameplate. Mm. Having your parents see their own house, uh, hosting a puja. Yeah. <laughs> having your relatives come over to your home. I, I mean, I mean that's, that's what money should be buying you. Mm. And not buying you a 2% extra CAGR. Mm. <laughs> what would you do with that, right? I mean, mm. that, that's... But yes, if that house comes at the cost of your peace of mind, mm. that you cannot afford it, like you said. If you can't afford it, if you can't afford a 50 lakh house and you're buying a 2 crore house, yeah. that's wrong. And that's why in financial planning, 
we ensure that investment planning is only 20%. Mm. Rest is liability planning. Mm. Liability behavior is so important and especially more so in a country like India. What do you like mean by liability behavior? Uh, so liability behavior, especially in a country like India, like I said, you walk in, you want to buy a home. Now you are emotionally vulnerable, right? Mm. Uh, you went, you went to buy a home. Ek crore ka apne ghar dekha. Uh, sales wala aaya, he is like, uh, you know, 1.5 crore mein, I'll give you a 3 BHK. It's a state of art. You were deprived of your own room when you were a child. Let not that happen to your kids. Mm. Uh, now that hit home with you. Yeah. Right, like, oh, of course, I mean, I really want my kids to have their own study, their own room, their own, you know, uh, life and all of it. And uh, you went ahead and you bought 1.5 crore flat now. Mm. Uh, then comes in another smart guy, uh, mutual fund guy. He's like, sir, you know what? To recover the interest that you're paying, mm. do mutual funds of 50% of your EMI. Mm. So now you have 1.5 lakh ka EMI plus 75,000 ka mutual fund. Mm. Now there is a third guy. He's like, sir, you, are, you could afford 1 lakh rupee of fixed outflow against which now you have committed to 2.25 lakh rupees and your actual income is only 3 lakh rupees a year, a, a month. So you are pretty prone to dying now out of this stress. Mm. You might as well take another insurance yeah. term plan <laughs> so that even if you die away, you know, your family could enjoy this amazing uh, 1.5 crore flat mm. and uh, continue paying the mm. uh, SIPs. Okay, <laughs> I have a question. If you have a loan mm. of some sort or mm. EMI of some sort, mm. would you first close that or would you also invest in a, a mutual fund or any sort of, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that is something which is where the entire financial planner comes into picture. Mm. Because if you cannot afford investing into both of them, mm. you have to ensure that you step up your housing loans mm. and instead of a 25-year loan, uh, loan, you try to step it up by 10, 15, 20% as much as you can every year and get rid of it ASAP because that's compounding, yeah. right? And when you are able to reduce that 10 year by 15 years, you will get enough opportunity to invest more. Mm. The entire problem is that every manufacturer is telling that my product is the nirvana. Mm. My product is the, you know, the, that magic potion. Yeah. You're going to drink this and you're going to be wealthy tomorrow morning. Mm. That's not happening, boss. All of these companies, they are also struggling, right? <laughs> so don't, don't come into all that rubbish things that are, that are being sold to you. And all of it is important. I'm not saying that mutual fund, best product. Insurance, great invention, the greatest invention in financial history is underwriting insurance risk, mm. right? I mean, you cannot have a better and a safer and the most, um, I would say, pure or most powerful product than insurance. But and also what, the peace of mind that it gives you. Yeah, right. I mean, insurance was created so that if something goes wrong in the world, you always have that, you know, your, your building can collapse and you still have money, mm. right, to rebuild it. And that's what insurance was for. And, and it was always against the wars and other things, right? Mm. And insurance was written by the earliest insurance history that we see is into Roman emperors and all where the kings of the kings mm. would insure a kingdom. Mm. That, okay, you know, if you lose your kingdom in this kind of a situation, I'll do good to you. Mm. And there, there are a lot of other things, right? And cut to now, today, Insurance is nothing but a 40%, 30% commission generator. And that, that's, that's the sad part. So, I mean, you can give people 
the best of the things in the world and they'll know how to screw it up how to ruin it and how to misuse it hmm. now with all the information that we have discussed and the knowledge for somebody who is watching or listening to us in this conversation uh, i'll come back again to the question that i asked for some 25 30 year old you know person who is earning you know a uh, decent, yeah. decent amount uh, you know uh, so what would be like okay this is these are the few things that you should definitely look at doing emergency planning i think you know so that is if, if so the first one would be Personal assessment, uh, your personality. Personality, uh, know Second yourself is, is generation profile. So yes. know yourself as two things. One is basically, you know, who you are emotionally and the second one is now understanding your financial. Generational, so that is generational profile. Yeah. So the first generation, you said that, you know, um, you haven't been to school and so on and so forth. Of course, you know, those are not the people who are watching us. Right, right. You know, most of the people who are watching us. So India is right now, most of the people are into second in generation. Second generation, right. So for the second generation people who's... uh you know parents did all sort of right. difficult hard right, work right right and then now the first person to go to college and and right, so on and so right, forth so right. what is uh, what are the few things that you would tell to the second generation so since you don't have that safety net the second generation will most importantly need the emergency planning bit or maybe if you have liability and stuff like that is that the so so uh, emergency yeah. planning will always be the first thing that you should be doing instead of just jumping the guns with investment investments per se mm. because what you need is more certainty mm. see which are the best plan in the world what is the best plan how do you define a best plan you do not define a best plan with the most audacious goal mm. the best plan is the most certain ones mm. what what is what is considered as a best plan jiski certainty sabse zyada hai to be achieved is a good plan mm. right not just the most audacious one that's a dream that's a wish mm. it's not a plan the plan has to be as close to certainty as possible yeah that's why we plan right so when you are talking about planning your life you have to achieve the stability certainty part before mm. achieving uh, you know the audacity or the dream part of it mm. spread I, that net first yeah spread that net first because you are a second generation you know you you do not have the freedom of falling below where you are right mm. now so the, for the third generation it's completely opposite yeah they have multiple homes they rather have homes that they have not even seen yeah. right uh, they have cars so they they have lost interest in car there is no aspiration of home car travel for them they have been probably traveling business class when they were kids kids yeah right so they don't have to experience that what they want to experience they want to experience the larger than life kind of things they want to they have more audacious things so audacity will supersede mm. certainty or safety for third generation yeah. so these are the people who should be investing into arts and antiques and films and cryptos and you know all these kind of things equity allocation can be much higher all these things right they because they don't have the purpose mm. you have to understand the purpose and then take decision and that is where even our second patent pending is financial behavior score yeah. and uh, so you know once you know yourself once you know your generation you can chart out your goals mm. and what are you doing today is it going to take you closer to your goals or no is what fbs is i mean if you are more than 80% certain of achieving your goals that means you are having a right behavior mm. and if you are not mm. that means you can just dream of it you are not achieving it yeah this is amazing i think uh, i have never heard anyone talk about your generational profile and then taking your financial decision based on the general generational profile and i think this is this is really really important for you to understand before saying that oh you know what i just heard about somebody invest in art and let me go and you know try and uh, you know put money into you know what 
third generation person would do, right? right. Um, so now, you know, a question for the most of the people who are watching us are second generation people. Right. And um, if they, maybe some of them have uh, the debt of going to college or, you know, some debt of getting somebody married in the family and stuff like that. So what comes first? Getting rid of debt or emergency, uh, you know, emergency planning or both of them are equally, um, you know, uh, equally important. See, uh, emergency planning will always supersede any kind of planning. Okay, because that will always be the first for the second generation. Yeah. Right. So emergency planning would include? Uh, emergency planning would include having your cash flows in place in case of so, so you have your fixed obligations your EMIs, your, you know, fixed, um, you know, your school fees and your fixed expenses. Your so keeping of, aside next six months, six to, months, one six year months to one year kind of that expense. corpus. Mm. Then in case you have liabilities, then you need insurance as your second step in emergency mm. planning. Because you need to have now covered your liabilities appropriately and all that. And then comes the second part of it after emergency is your debt management or your liability management. For second generation, it becomes very, very crucial because everybody is going to be upselling you. Yeah. See, I mean, in the world where everyone is selling, mm. uh, you need people who are not selling, mm. like One Finance. So, you know, we don't sell, we don't have sales team mm. uh, because everybody else is busy selling. Mm. <laughs> so we decided, let us not sell. And uh, that, that's what, so, you know, liability planning is pretty important in the second uh, step for uh, the young people, uh, especially the second generation. And to manage liability, you can sometimes choose to use investment tools that can outperform your liability rate of interest. But that's not as linear as it looks. Mm. Because if you think that I'm going to borrow at 8% and put at 15%, it's not how easily it works. Mm. This 15% is going to be probably 50 to 100 or 150 percent in three years. Mm. Rest seven years, it can be minus 50% or 5% positive. Mm. And your interest on the other side is going to be linear every day. Mm. So what happens if you start with an investment today and it goes down 50% in next day itself? It can, right? Yeah. The drawdowns happen in one day, one week. The upside comes in one year, three years. Mm. So you can't really, you know, have that linearity in terms of I'll take 12% output from here and pay 8% here. It doesn't work like that because... See, world is a fair place. Mm. The only problem is that it gets fair in the longer run. Mm -hmm. There is inefficiency in the short term, yeah. which you may feel it's unfair. Mm. But in the longer run, it will, you know, it will plan out. It will become fair. So, Kevin, you mentioned about uh, financial behavior score, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a very interesting, uh, you know, thing. So, can you share what that score really is? Like you. Give them on a scale of what, 0 to 100? Yeah, it's it's a 0 to 100 score. And, and like I said, just think of it like your credit, uh, score. Uh, credit score is again, you know, it's an outcome of a lot of your uh, credit uh, behavior standalone. Here we also take credit score into consideration. So it's an it's a mix of, consider this as your overall health report. Mm. So in your health report, what do you have? You have five different vitals, right? Yeah. If your vitals are appropriate, mm. then you are fine. Mm. And that vitals also change as per your geography, your age and a lot of other things, right? I mean, an heartbeat of a person from a 60-year age to a 12-year age will be different or certain hormones can be different and all that. So that's how we have done FBS. Mm. Uh, this is basically how aligned are you with your money sign, 
with your generational profile and with your goals and your aspirations. How aligned are you? How aligned is your behavior? If you want to lose 10 kgs in 3 months, mm -hmm. then how much are you eating right? Mm -hmm. How many times are you working out mm -hmm. is what we are counting. So it can be achieved today. That are you really acting or you're just wishful for it? Mm. Mm. Got it. So what are the few few of the you know few few of the pointers? So asset to liability ratio is one key aspect. Uh, then you have you know your emergency planning is one of the key aspects that that is there. So these are there are there are multiple ratios which are there, uh, which then eventually you know align with your uh, equity allocation is one of the uh, you know instrument there. Depending on your life cycle and your goal cycle and your money sign, mm. that this is a range that you need to be into. Are you in that range or you are above that range or you are in below that range? Mm. So even somebody like me, I mean, you know, uh, with my money sign and all that, I realized that I was being a bit over defensive in many cases or probably over mm. restful in many cases than I should be because mm. I wanted to do something and I, I could do it uh, in terms of generation also and my Money sign wanted it, but you know, there was some, some element in my money sign that would always be a little more procrastinating mm. when it came to finances. Mm. And uh, so, so, I mean, this is a journey to discover ourselves as well. So, mm. we have been glad to do that. Awesome. So, you know, this has been such a diverse conversation and I think there's so much for somebody who's listening or watching this conversation to take back to. And of course, not the kind of episode where we are saying that go back and do this, uh, you know, invest in these three things or these are the best, uh, you know, place to make your money or stuff like that. But I think this is more of holistic financial planning. Absolutely. And I think where you hang in there, take a step back, understand this first, understand how yes. everything works right. and then go about taking the action, Absolutely. taking like how should, what should my plan be, right? Absolutely. Now, with this understanding, what should be my next action? You know, like should everybody get a get a qualified financial advisor? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you can you can download the app. Something everybody can afford. One hundred percent. I mean, I mean, if you can afford an investment, mm. you can afford a qualified financial advisor. Mm. I mean, if you can afford a gym trainer, or if you can afford going to a gym. Mm. Uh, better not do that without affording a nutritionist mm. because you might end up ruining your health more than doing good. Otherwise, you can just continue with your daily rituals at home mm. and stay a little bit fitter as much as you can. Mm. If you are going all out and making that as your primary objective, like is mm. financial well-being, mm. then you might as well be very serious about it. And as a serious, just be very certain and very you know focused about it. Mm. And... Uh, you don't take medicines or nutritionists from medical shops, right, anymore. 25, 30 years back, our, our uh, you know, earlier generation would walk into a medical store and ask, ke bhai, ya pet dard ho hai, kuch batao. Aur wo deta tha, aur ye khabi lete the. Mm. Right? Today, we laugh on those kind of people. We are like, you know, you would take a recommendation from a chemist. Mm. And uh, that's exactly what we are doing today, right? We are taking financial recommendations from people who do not qualify to give that advice. So, you know, take advice only from qualified financial advisor mm. and uh, they're coming pretty cheap. Mm. Uh, you are already paying commissions. So, mm. QFAs do not charge commissions. Mm. Uh, they take only advisory fees just like a doctor uh, who just prescribes a medicine and is not selling the medicine. Mm. Uh, that's the kind of thing. I think um, this reminds me of the conversation that I was having with my 
girlfriend a couple of weeks back when we had a fight. And after that, she told me that, you know, um, we were in the fight and, you know, and I was like, did you talk about this with your uh, sister since you are very close? And then she came back and told me that, you know what, no matter how bad our fight is, the third person who is going to know about this is therapist or the person Absolutely. who is, you know, who is professional, Absolutely. you know, it's not going to anyone who's not qualified and who'd, you know, who'd uh, give me the correct advice. And I can Absolutely. relate that, uh, you know, here as well. Couldn't agree more. There are a lot of other projects. We keep on working on the same lines. Like you said, the whole idea is to ensure that people take advices from qualified people mm. and not random experiences because an experience is so personal mm. something worked for someone it may completely opposite be completely opposite for you because the time space event person everything has changed mm. you can't take generic advice and that's that's pretty you know, obvious to know now yeah so um so what we got from here in this conversation is uh you know a few steps that we shared understand yourself and understand uh what generational level that you are in, understand all the liabilities, where you want to go, and then, you know, seek professional help. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, get somebody to have a look at what you want to go and what should be the uh, path that you should, uh, you know, really take. And like you said, it's it's affordable for anybody who want to um, sort of get started in this journey. Absolutely. Right? And, uh, and how, how frequently do you, uh, you know, want to visit a uh, planner um, is it like something that you so so like what we have mm. is you know we don't have annual subscriptions we don't have those percentage of AUM kind mm. of things and all uh, so it's twenty five hundred per consultation just like any other professional a doctor lawyer or a chartered accountant we in fact have a lot of lawyers and chartered accountant also mm. for legal advisory or taxation advisory part and uh, you pay them twenty five hundred per consultation mm. on an average uh, we recommend one consultation per quarter mm. to rejig a lot of stuff all these things which is happening but if you are going for a month for a year for a year is what is on an average mm. uh, but again depending on your personal state you know if you are going through a city change mm. you're you're having a marriage you're getting married like you said you know you might want to have more conversations. Yeah. You might want to have succession planning done. Mm. So then you might want to have a couple of extra conversations. And sometimes, you know, six months, one year, you are not having any action. Mm. Right. And then probably you might not need it every quarter as well. But every quarter is just once we say we recommend that mm. it's get better to get yeah. yourself checked. That's, that's 10,000 a year. I think that's fair. And that's also uh, saving mm. all the commissions that you are otherwise going to otherwise pay. Otherwise going to pay. Because you pay like a huge and hefty amount of commissions on uh, all these uh, mutual funds and insurance. So we don't, we have zero commission policy, mm. zero sales. So no product sales, mm. no commissions. So any which way is on an average, our, our members are saving 64,000 rupees a year mm. uh, after paying 10,000 rupees a year. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? If... I can pay 20,000 for my gym subscription because I'm stressed about my health. And, you know, if I'm equally, if not more stressed about my money, then I can well afford to pay that, you know, um, four or six, whatever, or three, whatever number of consultants. Right, right, you know, right. That I, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, you know, uh, most importantly is that we do not have any uh, DMAT account opening kind of stuff that you need to shift all your things from year to year. So like I said, you know, we are we are not into selling a product or anything. You can continue doing all your work with all the amazing brokers and this and that, wherever you are doing. Mm. You know, all you have to do is do the right thing. 
as is varies you can continue doing mm. but do the right thing from an unbiased advisor mm. who has got no wasted interest in telling you that you take this product or you take that product and so you know people come to us to verify their investments get their entire planning verified everything that they are doing mm. they just come they get everything verified mm. that am i doing all this correctly or somebody is taking me for a ride and that's a very important reason to know right it's kind of an audit process for a lot of people mm. awesome thank you kevul thank you so much for spending thank this time so i much. think this has been such a great conversation and likewise uh, thank know, you so for much for me as well to uh, learn about a lot of things and i'm sure everybody who's and i think this is such a great start uh, on the inspiring talk of the you know um and because this is something that i really wanted to do for a long time in terms of bringing a lot of topics related to finance but not the typical finance advice that you see uh, you know out there and you know because the audience that watches uh, or consumes the podcast is uh, the audience who want to really get into the depth of it and get the real stuff and i think we have been able to achieve that in this conversation thank you so much for thank uh, you so much for having me and yeah. uh, have a pleasant day hey thank you so much for listening to this episode if you enjoyed listening to this i want you to do two things for me Number 1 if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify subscribe to the podcast and give five star ratings this will help me attract more listeners to this podcast and take this information to a wider audience so that we can help more people grow in their life and second share this episode with at least 3 people in your network who you think need to hear this episode You never know just by sharing this episode you can help them transform their life be that person who helps other grow in their life thanks again for listening to this episode i'll catch you in the next now go out there and do something inspiring